Hi, everyone. Um, I'm going to just open this in prayer and just give you... Tina and I prayed um, that today's testimony would, would bring forth all of the things that God wanted to bring forth and that each part of this testimony would, would touch. We don't know how God will touch all of you, but this is what we prayed, and this is what God had us put together. So, um, uh, Lord, thank you for, for um, the missions trip, and thank you for, for putting it all together, Lord. And just ask that uh, through us, your spirit shines today and in each and every way. Um, as we testify, really, what, what you did in Kentucky, um, and just bless this time together, and send the Spirit to be with us all. Amen. Amen. Uh, I have a lot of notes because I'm, I'm not really good at <laughs> I was afraid if I didn't write a lot of things down that I was going to leave out something that God wanted to say. So we'll keep referring back to our notes, and... Um, Let's get started. Uh, so some background on how this all came about. Uh, many of you know a lot of the details, but I thought I would just kind of share uh, what God did for this missions trip. So this, this wasn't the first time um, that God has laid on my heart about going to help with disaster relief. And I can trace this all the way back to Hurricane Matthew, which I, I looked it up was in 2016, and, and then their subsequent heart going out to people in, in Puerto Rico a few years back who suffered from a hurricane and, and then the earthquakes. And, and every time it happens, God kind of just put it on my heart. You, you, what can I do? What can I do? Um, well, the hurricane or the tornadoes that went through on December 10th and 11th, um, I, I felt I, I was in the same position watching it on the news and just my heart just breaking for everybody who suffered from these tornadoes. And um, after I got back, I did some background on, on, the, on this particular tornado that went through Benton, Kentucky. It touched down in Arkansas and stayed on the ground for 60 miles. And then it lifted for a short time. And when it set back down um, in the corner of Kentucky, it stayed on the ground for another 166 miles. And at times, this tornado was three-quarters of a mile wide, and it was an F4 um, tornado for strength at times. So the magnitude um, of what this did, I'm sure you all saw it on the news, and it, and it was just heartbreaking. So um, that was on a, on a Friday, I believe. So um, by Monday, uh, I'm emailing Pastor Tyler and Tina and I had talked over the weekend and, and prayed, and we wanted to do something. We had no idea what it looked like, but we were going to take a step uh, for God. So that's kind of how this started. And then from there, um, you are familiar with some of the story. Pastor Tyler jumps on boards and starts putting things out on Facebook. We make an announcement at church. Conversations begin to happen with people uh, at work, with, with family members, um, with, uh, in, in, I hear uh, in Bible studies, in men's group, people are talking about the possibility of this mission trip. And I, I was wicked humbled by God watching him put it all together. 
So I'm just going to do a quick recap of these three provisions that I watch God assemble. Provision number one was volunteers. God assembled nine. In reality, it was ten. I'm going to let Tina fill you in on a tenth volunteer uh, in a few minutes. Um, But he assembled three members of the congregation, Tina and I, and Pete Young, who unfortunately Pete uh, took ill before the trip and and could not go, Um, which broke his heart and and my heart went out to Pete as well. But he had committed uh, to go, and he really wanted to go and help. So there's Tina and I and Pete from the church, and the crew was rounded out by Corey, Devlin, Phil, uh, who worked for me, um, Jean, and Dave. And God brought people to Kentucky in three cars, three trucks, an airplane from four different states. I am humbled how God did this by their sincere commitment and the sacrifices that they and their families made in so many ways. It was an honor to serve the Lord with each and every one of them. Number two, God's provision is he provided a location to serve, and he provided Christian hosts and organizations to serve with Benton, Kentucky being the location in Walnut Grove, Kentucky Church of Christ, and helping his hands being our hosts and partners. The third provision that God put together that I witnessed was the financial means. Mrs. Tripp was fully funded with leftover monies of about $3,500 that was donated to helping his hands to help with further rebuilding work. Just incredible, and all in Jesus' name. The financial mean came from some members of the church. They came from family members. They came from friends. They came from clients. And even some of the volunteers who went on the trip donated a portion of their allocation back to the cause. So pause and consider this for a moment, God's hand in all of this. December 13th to January 8th, God orchestrates this entire trip through one of the busiest times of year, Christmas and New Year's. God does it in the middle of the winter. God does it with COVID rearing its ugly head again. And God does it all in 27 days. And I was humbled. We've got some slides to begin a journey, and um, I'll turn it over to Tina. So, I don't know, have any of you ever seen a sun dog? I, I've never seen one. I see some nods, yes. I've never seen one, and it happens apparently when the sun is low, so either at a sunrise or a sunset. Um, and there are ice crystals um, in the atmosphere. And I know there were ice crystals because it was negative 17 on the morning, <laughs> on the morning we left Georgia, Vermont. Um, but the sun, ref- the sunlight reflects off the uh, sun crystals, and it creates these little ro- rainbows on either side of the sun. Um, it, and it's 22 degrees to the left and 22 degrees to the right. I don't know if you can see those two little rainbows. It was just so beautiful. It was about two hours into our trip. Um, on our way down, and it was just, to me, a sign of God's glory and just a reminder of his faithfulness. Um, so what a, um, 
encouraging sight to see as we started out on our journey. So here we're just jumping down as we're approaching into Benton. Um, this is just some of the devastation that we saw and it, and it barely touches it. But I took these through the truck window so they're not the greatest. <laughs> So we arrived in Benton, Kentucky. Our church host is the Walnut Grove Church of Christ. Uh, the Christian support that we felt uh, immediately in walking in was just incredible. The love, the appreciation, um, the generosity, you could just feel it. Uh, there was just a feeling of family, um, everyone together under one roof serving God. And it was just an incredible experience. There was probably, in, including the, the church family who was hosting us and all of the various crew members that went, um, there was maybe 100 people under the roof at one time. Uh, and um, I, just, I just can't um, say enough about them. You can see in the back on the second photo, there is a trailer. Um, the Church of Christ actually has their own missions trailer, and they go on missions trips with it, and they, this is a part of their um, missions, um, regular missions. And so they were just an incredible support system. The men and women there and the children were there early in the morning, late in the evening. They were cooking meals. They were bringing in meals. They were, um, they were uh, telling us, uh, or they were... Um, I'm sorry, you just reached across, and I... I'm sorry, I didn't mean to drive. <laughs> you wanted to go to the next okay. slide. Okay, all right, oh yeah, sorry, right. sorry. Um, and they were, and they, you know, they were, they were feeding us, they were just, they were cleaning the bathrooms, they were offering to do laundry, it was just incredible, and I, that support system, it, it's something that we all know and experience here, right, we all do that for one another, um, and so it was just so great to experience our brothers and sisters in Christ um, doing the same uh, down there, it was just like being with family. And there's our sleeping quarters. The girls had one room, and the or many one rooms, <laughs> and the men had their quarters. So um, this is morning number one as we're about to head out and um, meet some families and find out what we're going to be helping out with as far as work crews. Um, so uh, Scott Shipman is uh, sitting in his, his rig there with, with the crew. Uh, Dave had not yet arrived yet. Uh, he ran into some bad weather coming from North Carolina. Um, and um, the young lady with uh, Tina there is uh, Scott's daughter, uh, Mariah Shipman. And um, I, I want to talk about some of God's work on, on this message trip. <laughs> and how uh, it's so multifaceted, any missions trip. And, and what we experienced was when you leave and you, and you see the things and the devastation, there's, there's a physical part of the missions trip where, where you're going to go and um, you're going to provide physical rebuilding and repairs and, and cleanup. So, so it's, it's the wood assembly, the shingles, the sheetrock, you know, all those physical things that you're going to go on this missions trip to help people in Kentucky. And, and then there's the, there's the emotional and the spiritual 
uh, missions work that happens on any mission trip, and, and this one was no different, where, where uh, you're, you're loving and supporting and helping and, and showing compassion to people and, and representing Jesus in praying uh, with people and praying for people and praying with each other and uh, sharing the faith in God's guidance through his word in scriptures, in the hope that comes with that faith. So there's a physical and then there's a spiritual. We were able to do this for three families in Benton because of the partners that God provided us, specifically Helping His Hands. Scott Shipman founded Helping His Hands in 2011. His daughter Mariah is a big part of Helping His Hands, being the clerk of the works right alongside her dad. Um, Scott is a pastor. He's called to serve God through helping his hands in disaster relief, all in the name of Jesus. And Scott's call to arms for everyone is, go be Jesus to someone today. Helping his hands has many aspects of its growing ministry. And if anybody went and visited their website, you got a little taste of that. But, but just to recap, they have a disaster relief, both immediate response after a disaster and in some longer-term rebuilding. Uh, they've responded to hurricanes, to floods, to wildfires where people lost their homes out west, and, to, of course, to tornadoes. They have disaster relief kits that people can put together and send to their facility in Indiana so that they are prepared for the next disaster relief to, to come along. Uh, they have a hunger relief division where they have a food pantry and they partner with the Midwest Food Bank. They have a, a ministry called Ramping Up for Jesus, which goes out and constructs ADA access ramps for those in need, for the elderly, for the disabled. And they have an automotive industry where um, they have service and repairs to cars for single moms, for widows, for veterans, and low-income families. And all through helping his hands, and, and all begun through God's call to a pastor named Scott Shipman back in 2011. And the ministry is growing. It's going, he's on the verge of being, going international, and not necessarily in the ways that he thought it would happen, but God continues to provide. Um, and after you spend a week with, with Scott, you understand um, God's provision in him. Three families... I never asked Pastor Scott how he came into contact with these families and how he came to be with them and work on their homes. But if I had, I'm quite sure the answer would have involved Jesus and a God story. So here's the evening of our orientation. Um, okay, thank you. So uh, I just wanted to say that um, this was a pretty special night. Uh, we um, got there, got the, got the rundown on what was going to happen that week, when our meals were going to be, where we'd be working approximately, uh, and what to basically expect. Um, and as we're sitting there, um, this guy walks in um, and says, you know, hey, mind if I join you? And, you know, I'd seen people kind of coming in all night because we were all going through various, you know, stages of orientation and it sort of didn't dawn on me at first but then I took a second look and it was my son who I had no idea absolutely no idea 
would be there, and he had worked it out through helping his hands to surprise us. Um, but the tears of joy just came flooding down my face. Um, joy at seeing our son, but also joy at God's provision. Um, just to back up a little, I just want to say that you know, when I was considering this missions trip, um, I had a decision to make. And to be honest, as much as I wanted to serve the Lord in this way, and I had been wanting to go on a missions trip um, and work in the physical sense and be out there kind of in the field um, for years, and, um, but it was a struggle. I would lose a week of my precious vacation time with my children and my grandchildren who live out of state, and I don't very often get a chance to see. We do the best we can. Um, but still, I just wanted to make this commitment to the Lord. And I prayed about it, and, um, and I truly made the decision to go with a happy heart. And then he gave me this beautiful gift. <laughs> I, uh, I think because I was faithful to him, he showed his love for me in, like a, in a tangible way. And, uh, and what would he do in Keith's heart on this trip? I just wanted to share the story to give you encouragement. If you're thinking about serving the Lord in some way, maybe even a missions trip, or struggling with making the decision, just put your faith in him. Commit to Jesus fully with your heart, and then just watch what he will do for you. Okay, so uh, every morning, Pastor Scott had a daily devotional, um, and it was a reading out of Isaiah 6, 8, Here I am, Lord, send me. And, uh, you know, it was just something we read every day. It was, we talked about ways we could serve the Lord that day, and, um, and then after that, um, that reading, we would have other uh, scriptures and discussions, and it was just a beautiful way to start out every morning, um, just to you know, look at Jesus and, and reflect um, him and all we say and do, um, or at least try our very best. Uh, and I, what was really neat about this is you see the three pictures. We, the first day of our devotional, we did it at the uh, Church of Christ, but after that, we did it on site. And it was just, I don't, I don't know, it was something about doing it that was just so much more meaningful, being right there and, um, and just um, worshiping God during those moments. There's a very personal element, as there is with any message trip. It's a, about serving God and serving people, right? So we want to just share quickly um, about uh, the families that we were able to help and helping his hands was able to help. So uh, Ray uh, owned a house that got uh, severely damaged by a tornado. Prior to us getting there, there had been a crew there already that had put a brand-new roof on his house. His attached garage, which you're looking at there, got detached from its foundation and was kind of hanging off the building from what I understand. There was a crew there prior to us that had jacked this garage up and set it back on its foundation. So um, in the process of the rains that came with the tornado, uh, the inside of his house, the ceilings had a lot of the ceilings had come down. There was a lot of water damage. I mean, the, the place was in pretty rough shape. 
And so we got a chance to meet, to meet Ray and to work on his house. And it, it was framing, uh, finishing framing the garage and a, a lot of, a lot of interior work with, um, demoing out the old ceilings and the insulation that had come down and, and patching drywall, putting drywall back up and, and taping that towards the end of the week. We, we didn't have enough time to get into the painting, but we were there as, as one of many crews, uh, doing the work on, on Ray's house and, and uh, here you see that uh, another reminder that God is with us. There's, you see there in that picture uh, in the garage amidst all of the belongings, the Ten Commandments. And I, I just thought that was um, a great reminder. So Mariah told me how Helping His Hands has one or more crew members at each of their mission site write scriptures on the framing before it's covered up. Uh, she gave me the special honor of doing so, and I was like, yikes. <laughs> Which scriptures? No pressure. <laughs> Which scriptures do I choose? So I knew that I wanted to write something that would encourage Ray and his family um, to maintain their faith during uh, this, uh, this face of hardship. So that night, I just leafed through the Bible, and God led me to three different scriptures. John fourteen six. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Psalm 46.1, God is our refuge and our strength, a very present time in trouble. Proverbs 3.5, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding. Ray was very moved with the scripture I wrote on the header above the door, John 14.6. He said exactly, it was exactly the scripture his daughter would have put there. And I just said, thank you, God. Thank you for giving me those scriptures to encourage Ray and his family. And there's some more pictures here of the sheet rocking. A couple of those were videos. (laughs) So quickly, this is a a Ray story. Um, I was sweeping up some of the ceiling insulation that had fallen on the floor in the kitchen. Uh, Ray's Christmas tree got knocked over. A piece of the ceiling came down during demo. A couple of the guys tried to pick it up, but it was one of those kind that is pieced together and it was falling apart. It was getting all tangled up with the lights. And Ray was there. Ray was at the site almost every day. And we could all see his reaction. He became really flustered, almost a look of anguish. And we quickly were trying to think of something. <laughs> the guys offered to help disassemble it and put, take a box and put, it, put everything in it. And just at that moment, I was just moved to just go over and talk to Ray. As we untangled the tree and began disassembling it, we talked about the ornaments, about their family traditions, about what was special to him. I could visually see him calm down as we spoke and disassembled his tree. It took us about half an hour. 
And you have to understand that this Christmas tree was probably one of the last things his family did together just before the tornadoes hit. And I could just picture the family, you know, lovingly just setting up together, anticipation of Christmas, in anticipation of their daughter that was soon to be married in, within a few days. So it really wasn't about the tree for Ray. It, it was a reminder what had been, it would no longer be, at least in the traditional sense, He was hurting, and he was emotionally drained. And God provided a couple of crew members and me an opportunity to take the time to love on Ray and show him some compassion, and we did. And I know, as I look at each of you here, that any one of you in our shoes would have done the same thing. And I thanked God for that opportunity. This is just a... This is a... His daughter was about to be married, and this was found in the rubble outside in a big, huge pile. And I thought it might be something that Ray's daughter would, uh, would want to keep, as it definitely told the story. So. so Ray's daughter was scheduled to be married the next day. And they decided, after all the devastation that had happened, that they needed something to celebrate. So... The next day, Ray's daughter got married in spite of everything going on in their household. And their home, which was right on the left side of Ray's, the tornado completely wiped out. It was gone. The home that they were going to be living in. So you talk about the emotional and spiritual side of going on a missions trip. Um, it's, It's pretty powerful, and you begin to understand... God has us, each one of us, there for a reason. And it may not, quite often it wasn't what we thought it would be. But stepping out in faith, God filled in the blanks for all of us in so many tremendous ways. And it's just another part of the story. This is a, another a little piece of the story. Um, this is also found in the rubble. And that bright red heart in the middle of all that dirt and, and mess, and, and um, it was just touching. And it was just a reminder, God's here. We just give our, give our all to him, give our hearts to him. And it was just a beautiful thing to see, and I want to include it to show you. So on the other side of Ray's home was Billy's home, which was gone. There wasn't anything left. Um, So part of our work crew that week through helping his hands was to begin uh, to string lines and shoot grade and lay out for the putting in the footings of, of Billy's new home. And this is Billy's mama, Jojo. Uh, who is the owner of JoJo's Diner, JoJo's Cafe, um, which is going to lead me to share God's powerful provision through all of this, because nothing's by coincidence, nothing's by accident. Um, So you've just met Billy, and you've just met uh, JoJo. So I mentioned before that I had asked Pastor Scott how he came to know these families and that there would be a Jesus story. Turns out God knows 
exactly what he's doing when, for however it happened, Pastor Scott ends up with these families in Benton, Kentucky, serving the Lord. So the Church of Christ, helping his hands, had no base organization in Benton. So they had to find a place for our trip to go. So they connect with the Church of Christ, and God provides for the volunteers in all the ways through the Church of Christ membership and through helping his hands. So their hands, during the middle of the week, that they would take the volunteers out to a dinner, that we would all go out to dinner, take a break from the work week, and go to dinner. And what they try to do in each and every town that they go is find a mom-and-pop place to support. And quite often during disasters, businesses are suffering and whatnot. So that's another part of their small ministry that they're going to go find um, a, a, a restaurant for us to have dinner. So they go into Benton, and they're on a recon trip. They're on a mission uh, to, to find a mom-and-pop place. So they find JoJo's Cafe. And they go in and they begin to make conversations with folks in there. And they're setting up this dinner with the volunteers. And they find out that Billy is JoJo's son. And Billy is her dessert baker and one of the cooks. Now that is a big coincidence. Or is it? Further conversations happen during the week, and Scott and Mariah learn about the church that Billy goes to and how that church in Benton, Kentucky, had been longing to try to find ways to help. Turns out their church has the facilities to be able to house future volunteers and was willing to do so and even offered that members of the congregation could cook meals and help take care of the volunteers. God brings together some more of his people to partner together with helping his hands through meeting Billy and ultimately Jojo. So when you see this and you recognize that God's work is at hand, it's pretty powerful stuff. And you stop saying it's a coincidence and you stop and you start honoring God, who puts it all together. So it's just a quick story of, of how God continued to provide for us in helping his hands even long after we got to Kentucky. Robin is a, another home that we went to. Uh, her story is that her um, the tornado hit her home and just blew the garage away, blew the roof off. There had been a crew before us who had done some uh, work on the roof and had tarped it over for the next crew to come in. Um, Robin, um, from what I could tell, was living there alone with her daughter, her teenage daughter. They had a cat. The cat was in the garage when the tornado came through. It was missing for three weeks. They thought the cat was dead, and it was devastating. And lo and behold, three weeks later... The cat comes home, and it was a story that she told. It was it was a little hurt, and so they had to bring it to the vets. But it was just you could just see the light in her eyes that it gave her just a little bit more hope. 
And she was just so humble and thankful for everyone being there. Um, it was really nice to meet her. Her daughter was so shy. She kind of stood behind her um, as we talked to her. Um, I didn't get a chance to really get to know her as well as I did Ray. But it was still, it was just nice to know her story and to understand it. Um, and so um, I just wanted to tell you about her. Here's some pictures coming up. So... Uh... The third family is, is Robin and um, her roof. Tina mentioned that the tornado came through and just destroyed her garage, ripped it off the end of her house, damaged um, uh, structurally part of her roof, tore part of her roof off. There was a crew before us, again, that had come and repaired some of the framing and took a tarp and covered it up to protect the house. Um, and then we came in to finish up the framing repairs uh, strip the roof and put a new put a new roof uh, on her home. And while we're there, another crew shows up that was staying at the Church of Christ, who we recognized. We had no clue that they were going to be there, um, but there's people behind the scenes that are organizing um, all this work. And they uh, there was eight or ten of them that show up, and we're still throwing shingles off the back. So they start helping us strip the roof, and they start cleaning up shingles, and they're there to put new siding on the back because it looked like a war. It looked, you know, the tornado just punctured holes and destroyed the, the siding. So, so they stripped the siding, and while we were there that week, they, they put uh, new siding on the back of Robin's house. So it's our turn for some scriptures, and Tina's involved in this as well. Um, so this is uh, scriptures that were written on top of the roof. I'm not, I'm not going to read them, but I want to... There's an observation I had about God's provision. Robin, to my knowledge, doesn't know that there's scriptures written on her roof. <laughs> God knows that they're there. I asked Tina um, to pick out some scriptures uh, for us. God had already used her in tremendous ways. And she asked me for some input. I don't remember the direction I gave her for some scripture that I thought would be related to Robin's house and, and be meaningful. So uh, I, I, left, I left it for her to do the research. So she does the research sitting in my truck, and, and then a little while later comes back and hands me a couple of scriptures to write on the roof. So I begin to write these scriptures on the roof, and I realize God's hand in all of us, because I really felt the scriptures were speaking to us, the crew, as well as being blessing on Robin's house. And the thought occurs that in 20 or 25 years, God forbid sooner than that from another storm, that there's going to be a crew up there that's going to strip this roof. And lo and behold, God is going to show up. And what God will do with those scriptures in 20 years, only he knows. But there's a, there's a component of the mission trip that begins to, I realize that. We're there to serve and we're there to help with the physical stuff, with the emotional stuff. But what is God doing in all of us? Which I'm going to speak to um, in a minute. So just some more photos of shingles arriving and and, um, you know, wrapping up, fixing the framing and the overhangs. And 
Uh, the other crew um, arrived just in the nick of time on our, on our last day there, and we all joined in to help. And we got the roof done. Um, it was finished and wrapped up, and the siding was repaired. There's still some minor repairs that Robin will need to address, in addition to having her garage rebuilt, um, which is gone. Um, but we all had an opportunity to pray together, pray for Robin, and, and just thank God for sending us on the trip. And uh, there's a picture of, of the crew. Uh, um, Paul took the picture, so he's not in there. Um, so... Uh, that brings us um, that brings us to the last night, and uh, this is a, a picture of us sitting around the table. Scott has a debriefing uh, on the last night, and um, he gets all of us together. Um, I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm going to back up a little bit. Um, well, maybe I'm not. Lord help me. So, God's work on this missions trip. As God put together these volunteers, I sensed he had more in mind than just helping the folks in Kentucky rebuild their homes and their lives. I sensed he had things in mind for each and every one of us. For me personally... God blessed me immeasurably by placing Tina and I at the hub of a wheel rolling down the road to Kentucky. You see, God called each one of us to serve not only the people in Kentucky, but for his purposes and for his work in us, even in ways that we could not see or recognize, or even in ways we have yet to understand and realize. For me personally, you see, I knew each and every volunteer, some for a very long time, and some for only a short time, and others anywhere in between. For all of us, our hearts had already gone out to the people who suffered in so many ways from the tornadoes. For all of us, this would be our first missions trip, at least of this magnitude and scope. For all of us, we were bringing along some hopes and some fears. But for each of us, God knew that we were going on this trip, and he knew what was lingering in each of our hearts. Some of us were dealing with our own demons and struggles, literally. Some of us were dealing with tremendous loss. Some of us had just recently begun to commit to Jesus and God and were at the beginning of experiencing life with Jesus. Some of us had friends and family in the Kentucky and Tennessee area, which I didn't know at first. Some of us had wanted to love and support others on the trip. Some of us wanted to serve God in a new way, yet were unsure of what it might look like or how it would go. Some of us went with restrictions on our physical capabilities and wondering what we would even be able to help with. Some of us wanted to help others and reunite with friends. Some of us were there not only to help, but were searching for something more, more meaningful, something bigger, perhaps.
so we're at the table, and it's debriefing night. So Pastor Scott's been doing this a long time. And he's got a plan for a debriefing night, as you would expect. Um, he has each one of us write a letter. A very specific letter written to someone, ourselves. He wanted us to write something about this trip that we would want ourselves to remember down the road. He indicated that sometime in the next year, we would receive our own letter, addressed and written to ourselves. Then the assignment was we each took turns sharing three things, our low moment of the week, our high moment of the week, and if we had a God moment of the week. Each one of us got an opportunity to share. So, that leads me to share an incredible God moment with you, which God provided at his will and for his purposes. And only he ultimately knows who it will touch and how it will touch them. I can only say the God moment was shared that evening by more than one of us. It's a weather story. Tuesday, the crews had split up because there was too many of us to continue working on Ray's house. So half of us, plus or minus, went to Robbins on the roof project. So we start the roof project and we work all day Tuesday. Well, Corey and I, he's on one job and I'm on another job. And we've been working together for 27 years. So we're doing what we always do. We're, we're looking at the weather for the next day, and Corey's calling me, and I'm talking to him on the phone, and there's a big concern. The weather forecast is not good, and it's pretty much rain. And the type of forecast that Corey and I over the years would say, we're not going to be roofing tomorrow. So Corey and I are like, Corey's, what's... What are we going to do tomorrow? What are we going to do tomorrow? Well, there's not enough work over here at this job. And, and I'm like, listen, Pastor Scott's been doing this a long time. He, he's going to tell us tonight what the plan is. He's got, he's got, a, black, he's got a plan. I know, he's, I know he's got a plan. So we drive back, and um, this is Tuesday night, and we find out what Scott's plan is. Pastor Scott's plan is... We're going to pray to Jesus that he holds off the rain. And he's dead serious. He's, he's not, this isn't a joke. This is, well, you can probably imagine the reaction of some people in the room. There's disbelief. There's chuckling. There's, there's some scoffing going on. And... Pastor Scott doesn't back down. He's like, no, no, we're going to pray to Jesus that we can help these families tomorrow and continue our work and that for him to hold the rain off. And then he tells us a story from many years ago when they're in Florida after a disaster, I would imagine a hurricane and some floods, and, and they're in a similar situation where the forecast is for three days of rain. So pastor shares with all of us around the table that they prayed in Florida that God would hold the rain off so that they can continue helping people and continue doing God's work. And he testified that for three days, 
It rained all around them, but not where they were working. So you hear the story. We all heard the story, and yet there's disbelief. There's, um, there's scoffing. There's chuckling. There's like, yeah, right. I witnessed Pastor Scott. Our crew breaks up for that night. We go back to the sleeping quarters, and I'm still in the room. And Pastor Scott is talking. Everybody's concerned about the weather. Everybody's working outside. And Pastor Scott, he, he's not backing down. He's, he's sharing with everybody that we're praying to Jesus that he holds the rain off. We're praying to Jesus that he holds the rain off. I don't know my hearing. I, I don't know the reactions of other people, but I can imagine it was probably similar to some of the people that were around our table. There's just... So we go to bed. And Pastor Scott had turned to me and he said, are you going to pray with me? And I paused for a minute, and I said, well, yes, I am. But my prayer is, is multifaceted because I have something else why I want God to hold the rain off. So I tell him, I'm, yes, I'm going to pray that Jesus holds the rain off. We get up the next morning. We're at the breakfast table. And I see a couple of the guys with their phones out. Everybody's got the weather on their phones, and their radar is looking nasty. And they're right beside Pastor Scott, and he's still not backing down. And we're going to pray that Jesus holds the rain off. And people are, like, putting their phones back in and, like, all right. Well, we go to the roof job, and we start working. And it looks menacing. It's going to rain. Boy, the clouds sure say rain. I've been around a lot. These are rain clouds. It, it, it might rain, but God, please, don't let it rain. It sprinkles. There's a slight little tiny drizzle, and then it stops. The God moment comes in at lunchtime where I see the same individuals with their phones out looking at the radar on their screens and talking to Pastor Scott. There's two bands of rain in Benton area. One band of rain is above Benton, Kentucky, and the other band of rain is below Benton, Kentucky. And they're stunned. They're absolutely stunned. And in they're testifying about a God moment that comes up on the debriefing night. Now, we read stories in the Bible about the parting of the Red Sea, about the parting of the Jordan River, and of Elijah praying on the Lord's behalf that it would not rain for three years. Did God really make those things happen? through those that serve him? You now have one more testimony in Little Benton, Kentucky, of God showing up for his glory and for his purposes in the parting of the rains that day. The God moment was there for those of us who witnessed and experienced it. What happens in our lives because of it, only God himself knows for certain 
but perhaps something more was found on this trip. To this or oh okay back up so um, there's so many God stories this week but I need to share one more with you um, our son Keith went on this trip as you know his God moment at the end of the week was went something like this, and I can't do it justice. I can just try to tell what he testified to. Keith, when he arrived in that room in the Church of Christ to go on this mission trip, he experienced something that he testified he's never experienced in his entire life. Something along the lines of, I'm not going to do it justice. What he felt in that room and what he saw with people working together in the love and just everything that he felt in that room. He said he uh, was, was in a brotherhood of a fraternity in college. He played on varsity uh, sports teams. He knows about teamwork. He knows about camaraderie. He knows about brotherhood. And he is a Marine. He's serving in the United States Marine Corps. Yes, God sent the Marines to Kentucky as well. But he said in all of the things that he's experienced, he had never, ever felt anything like what he felt in that room. And <clears throat> What's the common denominator? We're all there serving Jesus. And Keith testified to all of us that the Sunday prior to this mission trip, for the first time in his adult life, he walked into a church. I can only imagine um, mission trips, huh? And what God does. Parting thoughts. Yes, it's going to end. <laughs> thank you, God, for the mission trip, and thank you and God's work through you and everyone who was a part of this through your financial donations, through, through gathering food to drop off at the house for, for the road trip, for, for everybody, thank you for doing God's work in whatever part that you played in this. Um, we were blessed. I just want to say uh, one, there's a couple more quick slides. Um, are you all set? Um, so this is a picture of the whole crew, including Pastor Scott and Mariah. And you can see um, behind us there's a sign that the church had made. You can sort of see it. All the children signed it, and it just says thank you. 
And uh, it just goes to show their love and support. And that plaque that Roy's holding is something that Keith kind of put together um, as to commemorate the trip and to give us a memory, a little piece of the memory to take home with us. It had uh, a piece of the roof that was taken off, um, some, a piece of the shingle and, and a piece of some materials from each of the job sites that we went to. Um, it's pretty neat. Um, and as we leave, this is the day, the morning we leave Kentucky. We see this as we're driving through um, out of town. And it says, you know, of course we choose kindness. Uh, I just think um, it's, a, it's a beautiful representation of who Jesus is. And it's a beautiful representation of... Um, you know, what people are doing down there to help one another. And hands, helping his hands. It's all related. Mm-hmm. And God blessed us with another beautiful sunrise as we're leaving Kentucky that morning. Uh, Keith actually took this picture. We couldn't really pull over. We had the big old trailer behind us, so... It wasn't easy for us to pull over, but you can't see very well. There's some otters in the background. It was a, it was a beautiful, uh, a beautiful sight to see, and what a blessing. We want to encourage each of you in regards to missions work and serving people in the name of Jesus. The Holy Spirit nudges and prompts and equips each of us differently, but He does equip each of us, with what we need to serve him in ways he calls us to, and even in ways that only he knows about. I have witnessed firsthand what happens if you step out in faith and strive to answer God's call to serve. God will provide all the means to accomplish his work for his purposes, and he will use us if we let him, if we follow him, and if we trust him. Tina would, uh, would like to just share a few more words of encouragement. I just wanted to say, um, especially to all you ladies out there, I, um, I had no idea how I could serve. I just knew I wanted to serve, and I, just, I trusted God to just fill in the gaps for me, and there would be a way I could serve. I had no construction skills, um, and I just didn't know what he would have me do. But he found ways for me to contribute. Uh, and there are so many ways to contribute, you know, from if you want to stay back at the site and, and help with meals or uh, if you want to help with the laundry or cleaning or, you know, uh, simple tasks like that. Just spending time with one another even. Uh, they had children um, volunteers and a lot of women volunteers all the way from teens to uh, in their 70s. And there was something for everybody. And I just want to encourage you because I was one of those who thought, oh, my goodness, how in the world am I going to be able to contribute? And he found so many ways. And I just going through my journal, I'm like, oh, my goodness. Uh, so if you're struggling and, you're, and you really want to make that decision um, to serve and you're you know, not really sure how you want to serve um, or, or how you can serve, just pray and, and um, make that commitment and God will put God will put it together for you. 
we can tell you it was very, very hard to leave Kentucky when there was so much more to do. We want to let you know that there were many others besides Pete who wanted to go on this mission trip. Many people, more people from this church. Other family members and friends and folks that we work with. So we plan on talking with the missions committee about the possibility of a follow-up trip to Kentucky, perhaps in late June. Perhaps some of the youth could go. We have just recently found out that helping his hands even has provision to host families to go on a mission trip together to serve. We also hear about the possibility of Pastor Scott making his way up to the Great White North here to visit us and maybe share more about helping his hands. There are so many more God stories and so many wonderful things that happened on this trip. And Tina and I wish that we had more time to share with you all. We'd be happy to answer any questions or meet with any of you to share more. Tina and I were so blessed to be able to serve on this trip, and we so appreciate the love and support and praise that you have given and provided for us. But a scripture in Revelations keeps coming to mind. Perhaps to remind me that we are but humble servants to a living, loving, and awesome God. It's in Revelations 22, 8 and 9. I, John, am the one who heard and saw these things. And when I heard and saw them, I fell down to worship at the feet of the angel who showed them to me. But he said to me, you must not do that. I am a fellow servant with you and your brothers, the prophets, and with those who keep the words of this book, worship God. And thus, we give to you the true leader of this missions trip, your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you.